You can't give up a 17-point lead when the other team has the 17-point lead. That was obviously Tennessee's game plan and motto on Tuesday night in Lexington when they get another win over the Kentucky Wildcats and John Calipari. Now we break it down with the help of Grant Ramey from Govals 247 Sports. Jumping into the conversation, and it's a big one. Tennessee gets a huge win, and are their tournament hopes still alive? What will it take for the Vols to somehow, some way, sneak into the NCAA tournament here through the back door at the end of the 2019 and 20 season? I'll ask Grant Ramey that question. We'll go through all the headlines around Tennessee basketball, hit some Tennessee football headlines at the end of the show as well. This is the Ultimate Tennessee Podcast, brought to you by Brentwood Hearing Center. The top stories and the top insiders on Rocky Top. This is the Ultimate Tennessee Podcast with your host, Will Bowling. Welcome to episode 32. I'm Will Bowling. This is the Ultimate Tennessee Podcast, the John Fulkerson Cat Killer Edition. We're going to talk about last night's big win for the Tennessee Volunteers over the Kentucky Wildcats. Hey, I was old enough to remember when Tennessee never beat Kentucky and Ruff. Now it's happened twice in four years. We're going to discuss that all with Grant Ramey coming up of Go Vols 247. Uh, but before we get to him, this show is made possible by the great folks at Brentwood Hearing Center. If you can hear this podcast right now, then uh, you know about the great work they've done. If you are turning up the volume in your car, though, maybe on your AirPods, if you want to flex like that, uh, wherever you're listening, however you're listening to this, if you're turning up that volume a little too loud, maybe the passenger in your car is like, dude, why do you have the volume on 50? You need to go see my friends at Brentwood Hearing Center. And if you're using your phone in your car right now, A, I'm going to tell you to put it down right now uh, so you're not going to get a ticket while listening to this podcast. I'm not going to get you in trouble. Uh, but you also know the new Tennessee hands-free law makes it illegal for you to use your phone while driving. Brentwood Hearing Center has hearing aids that are going to connect wirelessly to your phone, whether that's an Apple product, whether that's a Droid product, I guess Android product, and you're going to just going to be able to listen to your podcast, whatever it is, straight in your hearing aids. It's kind of like having those Apple AirPods on you all the time, but they're going to make the sounds around you so much more clear. You're, you're not going to have to keep asking people to repeat what they said or ask them to speak up at the dinner table or at the basketball game. Or You're going to hear Rocky Top that much more clearly when you know that uh, the Brentwood Hearing Center has given you the best technology available, and they are the best at what they do. They've got five doctors of audiology with over 85 years of combined experience, and they're ready to fit your hearing needs they're right off uh, the brentwood old hickory exit off i-65 pay them a visit 5544 franklin pike suite 100 their website is great as well brentwoodhearingcenter.com you can schedule an appointment right there on their website uh, or you can give them a call 615-377-0420 go ahead turn the volume up a little bit louder if you need to get this number down if you're writing it down or, or putting it in your phone in a red light 615 615- Three seven seven zero four two zero to schedule an appointment and find out more about how Brentwood Hearing Center can help you. So jumping right into the conversation here on our thirty second episode, joined once again by Grant Ramey of Govals Two Four Seven in Knoxville. And uh, Grant, when I was uh, texting you to uh, come on this podcast yesterday, I was not expecting to have a, uh, I'll just say, a happy conversation about Tennessee basketball. Uh, instead of gloom and doom, all of a sudden, uh, the story is pretty positive again. 
Uh, and now you've got two wins in four years in Rupp Arena, something that uh, used to be uh, a complete anomaly uh, for Tennessee. I certainly did not expect to be having this conversation, yet here we are. Yeah, this, uh, this Tennessee basketball team, uh, they're, they're not consistent. Uh, they're all over the place. You never know what you're going to get night in and night out. But one thing about them, they're not boring. They're going to they're going to they're going to play a, a crazy 40 minutes of basketball one way or the other. It might be a crazy 20 minute half one way, a crazy 20 minute half the other way. Uh, but man, what they did what they did Tuesday night at, at Rupp, uh, a place where you had only won five times going into that building Tuesday night against the Kentucky team that was ranked sixth in the country, that was playing as well as anybody in the SEC, uh, one of the better teams in the country, really. Uh, and to go down 17 and, and to do what they did, uh, and for Fulkerson to keep doing what he does, that's pretty incredible. Well, and, and too, I, I love the quote from John Fulkerson after the game, uh, talking about he didn't necessarily ignore the score at Rupp. He just couldn't find it. Uh, if there's one quote that just perfectly sums up the personality of John Fulkerson, uh, I honestly think that might be it. Uh, but it's incredible to me to watch the maturation of a guy who – uh, is is going back and forth with his coach about, oh, I, I know my role. I'm not going to look for my shot. And Rick Barnes replies, well, obviously you don't uh, if you're not looking for your own shot. It's now a guy that, that this offense is going through him. Um, what can you say about his maturation and his development this season and, and just how surprised are you that John Fulkerson has kind of become the, the alpha you know, post player for this Tennessee team? Uh, I mean, over the last, five years since I've been covering this team and Rick's been the head coach. If he's been talking, I've probably been standing there and probably about 80% of the time, uh, unless he was injured, he would say, we need John Fulkerson. And you would almost just kind of, kind of roll your eyes a little bit and kind of, you know, kind of laugh it off. Like, okay, yeah, he's skilled, but really how much are you going to consistently rely on him? Uh, but uh, I mean, Rick talked about it from the jump when he was a freshman uh, that class he came in with, Grant Williams, Jordan Bone, Jalen Johnson, uh, Jordan Bowden, all those guys, and he said consistently uh, that Folky's one of the better players in that class, one of the more skilled basketball players, uh, a shot blocker, a guy that can score in the post, a guy that can do what you need him to do. Uh, and obviously the, the elbow injury derailed him, and it took him forever to get healthy, I think both mentally and physically to get past that injury. Uh, but even, yeah, like you mentioned earlier this season, in November, he – was saying he wasn't looking for his shot. And Rick Barnes was saying, no, that's wrong. You've got to look for your shot because you've got to help carry this team. Uh, and what he's done basically since the Georgia game in early January, uh, I think he's averaging close to 15 points a game. He set a new career high in scoring five different times this season. Because, and it just seems like he one-ups himself every single time. And, yeah, that quote about not knowing what the score was because he couldn't find the scoreboard, that's uh, that's quintessential John Fulkerson. He – he said after he, he spent about 30 seconds after that Florida game saying, yeah, we were just messing around. We just wanted to let him come back, see if we could answer. Uh, and nobody really laughs. And he goes, guys, I'm just kidding. <laughs> and then he launches into his serious answer. I mean, that's just the kid he is. He's a goofy kid. Uh, his personality mirrors just how goofy he looks sometimes on the basketball floor. But, man, uh, credit him. He's, he's producing at an all-SEC level. Uh, and he is, it's crazy how much ground he's covered uh, just in the last year alone. Well, and two, it's smart of Tennessee knowing that you can't give up a 17-point lead if you give the other team uh, a 17-point lead. Uh, kind of a, a to, to quote something that John Fulkerson's probably thinking at that point, um, that certainly a, a chess, not checkers move uh, from Tennessee. Grant, the, the most impressive thing about this performance to me last night 
uh, was a long and lanky Tennessee team's ability to match up uh, with some of the quickest guards in college basketball. Uh, when you think about Tyrese Maxey and Emmanuel Quickly, I didn't think Tennessee had an answer uh, for either of those guys off the dribble. I think you really have to credit Rick Barnes and this Tennessee defense on the way they adjusted in the second half uh, because nothing was coming easy for Kentucky uh, inside the paint, kind of in that mid-range area where they seemed to have all they wanted uh, in that first half. Yeah, and it's, I mean, the guards did so much in Knoxville when Kentucky came in and beat Tennessee by 13. I think they had like 40-some combined points between uh, Maxie, Quickly, and Hagan. Uh, and it looked kind of like they were going to go down that road again for the first 25 or so minutes uh, Tuesday night at Rupp when they were building that lead. I mean, anytime Tennessee did anything in the first half, uh, Kentucky answered with a guard. Uh, they loved driving to the rim and, and finding ways to finish there. I think they did that a ton in Knoxville, made a lot of tough shots. Uh, but Tennessee at some point just decided they're going to get in the gaps and, and not allow those drives and, and collapse defensively. Uh, and either make those Kentucky bigs beat you or make those Kentucky guards shoot over you. Uh, and they did that really successfully. They not only got in those gaps and stopped that penetration, uh, but they created a lot of turnovers. They batted a lot of balls loose and uh, got stops and, and turned those into the transition points. But, uh, I mean, Kentucky shot, I think, I think Tennessee shot 56 or 57% in the first half, uh, and they were down 11, which seems crazy at halftime to, to be sitting there down 11 after shooting like that, but Kentucky shot so well in the first half, too, because of those guards and because of the way they drove. So uh, to make that in-game adjustment, uh, you know, hats off to, to Rick Barnes and, and his players for executing uh, what they're seeing there because those are some really, really good guards at Kentucky. They've carried that team all year, uh, along with Nick Richards, I guess, in the post. But uh, Tuesday night, Tennessee found a way to slow him down in the, in the most kind of unlikely scenario possible. I thought it was fitting, Grant, that uh, Josiah James is the guy who hit the three uh, to kind of finish that rally for Tennessee and put the Vols ahead uh, at the end of that big run in the second half where Tennessee took its first lead in the second. Um, This is a guy who I think is uh, we're finally starting to see what this coaching staff saw in him. Uh, But more specifically, we're starting to see just how good Josiah James can be when he is aggressive and is in a kind of a more of an attacking mindset. And I thought the best example of that, I believe it was a Kentucky three uh, midway through that second half. Uh, the crowd is on their feet. Rep Arena is starting to rock a little bit. And Josiah James does what uh, we've seen Jordan Bone do a lot of. And before him, Kevin Punter do a ton. He attacks the basket the other way, gets a bucket and the foul, uh, and hits the free throw to immediately silence the crowd. And really, uh, it was an aggressive move by him. Uh, to get Tennessee right back in the game and kind of feeling like they had the momentum once again. I thought that right there was a big sign of his maturation, A, and B, he's finally starting to realize that when he has an attacking mindset, he's a lot better player, uh, and this Tennessee basketball team is going to have a lot more success. Just to health, uh, Rick Barnes said last night after the game he thinks Josiah uh, is feeling 100% for the first time since probably July. Uh, wow. After dealing with that growing issue in October, uh, something that kind of nagged him for a while uh, and cost him, I guess, four games uh, earlier, I guess, in the last month. Uh, but for him to do what he did at Kentucky, his first time at Rupp Arena on that stage against that opponent, uh, down 17, he was scoreless in the first half. He didn't have a rebound in the first half. Uh, it would have been easy for him uh, with some of the frustrations and struggles he's been through uh, to just kind of fold it up and quit and uh, and go on to the next game. Uh, but for him to have 16, 7, 
uh, 16.7 rebounds, five assists, uh, basically all in the second half. I don't know how many assists he had in the first half. Uh, but for him to do what he did, to be in control of that game, to, to help them defensively, uh, as well as be as, as productive as he was on the offensive end, uh, it's pretty incredible. And, and it goes back to the Florida game. He, he was really struggling. I mean, he went 25 minutes at Arkansas uh, last week and didn't score. I think he was 0 for 6 from the field. Uh, that's a pretty low point for him. Uh, I would imagine the frustrations are there. Uh, and for him to come back against uh, Florida, I think he had something like 12, 8, and 6 or 12, 8, and 5. Uh, and to put another half of basketball at Kentucky together the way he did, it's a huge response for him. And it's a huge step forward uh, because he's been searching for a role. He's kind of been between positions all year. He's been dealing with injury stuff, trying to find his role. Uh, and everybody's been wondering when it's going to happen. And, and right now it looks like it's happening. Grant, I remember when I was uh, with you guys uh, covering that Vanderbilt game here in Nashville, Rick Barnes was excited because he said, hey, I think John Fulkerson is a better player. I think all these bigs specifically are better players when they don't have to play as many minutes. And since they were getting uh, new contributions from uh, Anuros Plavsic and Olivier Kamwa, it was making Fulkerson better. Well, uh, last night was the complete opposite of that and really just shows how much Rick Barnes has had to change on the fly and adapt his rotation um, to how his guys are playing and who's stepping up and who's not. Uh, John Fulkerson had to play 39 minutes last night. Uh, and if you told me going into that game that John Fulkerson would play 39 minutes, um, I would not have expected much out of John Fulkerson just because it seemed like that, that kind of that 20 to 24 almost minute mark for a while was where he was playing really well. And, and when he was getting more relief, uh, he was a more efficient player. Um, is it safe to assume that maybe Rick Barnes has finally found a rotation he likes? Um, and how sustainable do you think this kind of play is when you're really only getting points from one or two guys off the bench, and last night that being Jalen Johnson? Uh, I mean, it feels like Rick right now, it's almost like they've pushed all their chips to the middle of the table. They're like, forget it. We got these guys we trust. And if it's just six guys, then it's just six guys. Uh, and they're going to roll with those guys. Jalen Johnson, uh, if I'm not mistaken, was the only Tennessee player off the bench that played in the second half at Rupp. Mm -hmm. uh, they, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but there's basically zero bench production outside of him last night. Uh, there was basically zero bench production against Florida on Saturday. Uh, and, yeah, how many times did we hear Rick say that Fulke's a lot better at 30 minutes a night than 36 minutes a night? Yeah. Uh, well, they've thrown that out the door. I mean, they, they've 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 pushed their chips to the table, and it's like these are our guys, and we're going to roll with them. Uh, sustainability, uh, I don't think it's much. Uh, you're benefiting right now from having days off between games, but when you go to Nashville next week, uh, they're going to play on Thursday. If they win that, they're going to play turn around and play again on Friday. If something happens to that, they're going to turn around and play again on Saturday. I mean, they barely have legs. It seems like some nights to get through 40 minutes of basketball let alone play one night, play the next day, play the next day if that happens. Uh, so it's it's sustainable right now, and I understand why they do it because they're trying to win as many games as they can uh, to make a postseason push. Uh, but it feels like at some point it's going to catch up to them. It's just a matter of uh, when it happens and, and how long they can keep this going. Yeah, so let, let's kind of dive into that SEC tournament picture now because Tennessee, according to uh, Joe Lenardi this morning, uh, said that a win over Auburn and two wins in the SEC tournament would get them back in the NCAA tournament uh, picture. Uh, I saw one odds maker had Tennessee at about a 43% chance to make the NCAA tournament, which which seems awfully high to me uh, to, to kind of swing that big just after one win. Uh, and I guess you could say two, throw it in Florida there as well. 
Um, in your opinion, what will it take for Tennessee to become a serious NCAA tournament participant contender? Um, because for me, it would have to be Auburn and probably at least one more quadrant one win, uh, that term that uh, all the bracketologists love this time of year, just to kind of get in the conversation. But I have a hard time believing that uh, the chances are as high as, as something like 43% to put a number on it. Yeah, that's that's a big number. I remember seeing last week it was down around ten percent, if mm-hmm. I'm not mistaken. So uh, that's a pretty big climb, and obviously that's a big win that Tennessee's benefiting from uh, at Rupp Arena. But yeah, I agree with Lenardi. I agree with uh, Jerry Palm. Those are the guys that do it year round. Those are the experts. If they say uh, it starts with beating Auburn, and then you probably got to win two uh, next week in Nashville, then I think that's what it's going to be. Uh, the thing about Thursday is you're you're not really going to help your resume a ton. Uh, because you're going to play like a Texas A&M, an Alabama, uh, possibly a Missouri, somebody like that. Uh, that's another, you know, if you win that, obviously, that's another mark in the win column. That's good. You're getting closer to 20 wins. Uh, but it really matters more about who you beat uh, than uh, kind of the win total, I guess. So I think they, they definitely need to – it all starts with beating Auburn on Saturday. Obviously, that's been a, uh, that's been a bugaboo team for, for Rick Barnes uh, over the last few years. Uh, they've struggled with Auburn. They got to take care of business at home on Saturday. I think if they lose that one, nothing short of winning the SEC tournament would get them into the NCAA tournament field. Uh, but if they do take care of business Saturday, uh, take care of business Thursday, uh, roll the dice and see what happens Friday. Uh, it, it really a lot of it, I think depends on if they get out of that seven eight or six seven uh, sorry eight nine game or seven ten game where you would face either the one seed Kentucky on Friday or the likely two-seed Auburn. So I think you uh, start with beating Auburn on Saturday and then go from there and see if you can get two in Nashville. So, Grant, is it safe to assume now that uh, that Santiago Viscovi's family is perhaps the good luck charm for Tennessee as well? (laughs) (laughs) It it is. Uh, They get here, and uh, Tennessee has a crazy, crazy game against Florida on Saturday, Uh, and then they go to Rupp for one of the most improbable uh, wins that you'll ever see out of a Tennessee basketball team, and I, I guess they think this stuff is normal. Uh, I think, yeah. <laughs> but I heard I heard Bert Bertelkamp say something uh, on post game radio Tuesday night. He said they got to move to the country and uh, they can live with him if they have to. <laughs> Love that. Well, a bonus question for you here on the way out: uh, over under win total. I'm seeing this on Twitter right now. Uh, Ninety one and a half wins for our Atlanta Braves. Uh, I, I'm panicking after seeing Mike Fultonevich be in midseason form, giving up a couple bombs in spring training the other day. Uh, are you as concerned about this team maybe uh, uh, early without Cole Hamels as I am, or are you uh, optimistic that maybe our, our our years of heartbreak are behind us with a healthy Freddie listen, Freeman? Listen, I've never lived an optimistic day in my life, okay? <laughs> I'm, I'm a cynic cynic, so of course I'm taking the under, uh, and of course I'm paranoid about uh, they didn't get enough help to replace Josh Donaldson. And, uh, and, and I still have that 10-0 first inning scar oh. uh, etched on my brain. So I don't trust Fulte. Uh, I don't trust half these guys. I don't trust Sean, uh, Sean Newcomb. I don't trust Cole Hamels now that he's uh, missing a month of spring. Exactly. Uh, so so Big Cat, uh, Felix Hernandez, come save us. <laughs> uh, because otherwise, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stay in my uh, negative Nancy mode until I see uh, some results. Well, if you love negativity and cynicism, you'd love our Predators coverage right now as well. That's uh, that's for sure. But I won't I won't open that can of worms either. Uh, Grant, we appreciate the time as always. Good to have a a positive conversation about Tennessee basketball. Uh, enjoy the uh, the last couple games here, and we'll uh, hopefully catch up uh, pretty soon here when you're uh, down here in our neck of the woods. All right, thanks, buddy. Thanks, Will.
Hey, I'm Paul Kuharski. And I'm Chad Withrow. We've both got new podcasts on the 104.5 The Zone Network. Mine's called Elsewhere. Mine's called Chit Chad. Check them out. We're on Apple, Spotify, Google Play, and Stitcher. Subscribe, like, and tell your friends. So now that we know that Santiago Viscovi's family is the good luck charm, uh, we know that, like Grant mentioned, and like Burt Burlkamp said, I think they might have to stay. If you didn't see this video of Santiago Viscovi uh, hearing his mom's voice, hearing his sister's voice, and uh, and lighting up uh, seeing his family for the first time in a while, um, it, it was a special moment. And this speaks to what I've heard so many people say about the University of Tennessee and what... Uh, Chancellor Dondi Plowman said uh, at the National Signing Day celebration here in Middle Tennessee, she said it means something to be a Tennessee volunteer. If you sat in Neyland Stadium over the past years, you've seen the This is Tennessee videos. This is Tennessee's Medical Center. That's brought to you by the uh, the Tennessee Medical Center. I'll give them a, a free plug here on the pod. But you know that, that there are stories like this all the time. And it's why Dondi Plowman has said on multiple speaking engagements, said, you know, it doesn't mean anything to be a Florida Gator. It doesn't mean anything to be a Georgia Bulldog, but it means something to be a Tennessee volunteer. And through that video and through the outpouring of of help and of volunteers here in Nashville with the uh, the terrible, uh, terrible natural disaster here and the tornadoes here in our city, it shows me once again that this is Tennessee. And maybe I'm speaking out of line and maybe I'm becoming too much of a homer here as a recent University of Tennessee graduate and a guy that was a student athlete at the University of Tennessee. But but humor me for a second, because it doesn't take someone who has an orange and white diploma sitting somewhere uh, in my room, in my bedroom. It doesn't take someone to have an orange diploma to tell you that this is what being a Tennessee volunteer stands for. It stands for family. Uh, it stands for uh, the Viscovis traveling around with the University of Tennessee basketball team and understanding that this is normal. Uh, the heartbreak, the uh, the anxiety that Tennessee fans have watched in the past couple of weeks, yeah, that's normal. That's what it means to be uh, a Tennessee fan. But more importantly and on a deeper note, it means that family sticks together. And whether that's uh, a family that is supporting a kid coming from South America uh, growing up in, in Uruguay, playing basketball in Australia, now living in Knoxville, Tennessee, of all places. Whether that means the outpouring of support and the generous uh, people, the workers, uh, the volunteers that have made this past couple of days just a little bit less painful for so many in the city of Nashville. I'm humbled and I'm honored to call myself a member of this state and this community, specifically in Nashville and in East Tennessee. And I thought it was so touching how Rick Barnes opened his press conference last night talking about what had gone on in Nashville, how his thoughts, his prayers are with the community here in the 615 and said that he was talking with a friend in Cookville who said, when asked what we can do to help, he said, you know, just go beat the Wildcats. That certainly wouldn't hurt anything. I feel now more than ever that this community in Nashville, but in a wider sense, the community of Tennessee volunteers whether that's orange and white or whether that's just members of the community here in Nashville picking up the pieces and helping those that are in a big, big need here around Middle Tennessee, 
that is what it means to be a Tennessee volunteer, even if you have no skin in the game when the Vols suit up and play football or basketball. And I'm honored and I love to be a part of a community like that because this is Tennessee. So uh, a positive podcast for your Wednesday afternoon. If you're listening to this on your drive home, maybe you're getting ready for Saturday's game against Auburn, hearing uh, uh, about this one on Tuesday night. Wherever you're listening, though, we are obviously grateful for your support uh, and grateful to have you be a part of our community here at 104.5 The Zone. I know we put it out on social media a lot. If you are in need of help in this time here in Nashville, or if you are just trying to volunteer, maybe you're looking for ways to serve the communities around you here in Middle Tennessee, whether that's Davidson or Putnam counties, 1045thezone.com slash help is your place to go. There's countless resources right there at your disposal. Hands-on Nashville is one, places you can donate, places you can drop off food, uh, uh, just supplies, clothing, uh, whatever it is. 1045thezone.com slash help if you want to get involved. Uh, That is the place to go for any details on how to get involved right now. Um, Obviously, this community is so tight-knit, as I just said, kind of in my closing soapbox here uh, on the podcast. Uh, But it has been so, so cool to see how this community has already rallied. Uh, And I know it's certainly just the beginning. Uh, Leave us a rating. Leave us a comment on how we're doing here in the podcast. Uh, If you enjoyed hearing Grant, uh, uh, we certainly... Uh, love to hear your gratitude for him for being on the podcast as well. Uh, and also we thank the good folks at Brentwood Hearing Center always making this show possible. Uh, it certainly uh, would be great to hear gratitude towards them as well uh, since they're helping bring this show to you guys every single week, uh, whether it's football or basketball or whatever we're talking about here on the Ultimate Tennessee Podcast. That's all the time we have here on episode number 32. We will talk to you guys next week to get you ready for the SEC Tournament. Uh, hoping to get some guys in studio that can join me here to break down all of the action. Uh, and as Tennessee continues to advance, we will preview each upcoming matchup uh, and get you ready uh, for the SEC tournament here in the Music City. But until then, thank you for joining us. 1045thezone.com slash help if you want to get involved. And we will talk to you next week from Nashville at the SEC tournament on the Ultimate Tennessee Podcast. Hello, Tennessee fans. As a four-year member of the Pride of Southland Marching Band, I know all about teamwork, precision, and the importance of good sound. This is Ronnie Bowling at Brentwood Hearing Center. Our doctors of audiology would like to team with you to find the most precise solution to your hearing challenges. Whether it's streaming music, watching television, or even enjoying the halftime show, we don't want you to miss a beat because of your hearing. Give us a call today at 615-377-0420 or learn more at BrentwoodHearingCenter.com.